0: right, what's going on everybody? You are listening to the Red and Black Sports Report on a Friday morning. My name is Nathan Moore. Our uh, wonderful producer and host, Mind Patel, is going to be making his way into the studio here shortly. But first, let me introduce Henry Queen, our humble sports editor. And today we also have a new guest back, back in his old seat. Former Red and Black writer... And our friend Jed May, how are you doing, sir?
1: I am doing great. It's good to be back in my old seat. You are where Colin used to sit, so you don't have a bagel or an angry look in your eye. So that's kind of weird. I can maybe adopt um, the angry look. But. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. I feel like I'm back in college again. So I need everyone needs that a little. Everyone needs that now and then. So welcome back, be old back. man. Yes, thank you, Henry. Yeah, for
2: those that. loyal listeners, Jed was here pretty much every show in the spring, and he would always dip out right at around 9:45. For the PE tennis class, he had to get to across campus. Happy to report that he doesn't have those obligations. He's here for the full hour today. I also have
1: played tennis once since.
2: Oh, <laughs> well. uh, since the defeat in the in the class semifinals, <laughs> Jed and his partner were playing doubles, and they lost to a singles. They lost well, like, a, to to an individual
1: again. That. She could have been. She's probably a pro. Yeah, like very easily could have been a pro.
2: Well, like Nathan said, welcome to the Red and Black Sports Report on 90.5 FM WOG. You're home for all things Georgia sports. Grab a copy of the Red and Black this week out of the Red Bins around campus. A great paper. Lots of great things in there, including my Utah State pick. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. But, um, yeah, a great week of sports content. But, all right, guys, let's start out the way we do pretty much every week. And, Jed, we're actually going to throw you under the bus and have you go first. All right. The enough. best part of your week
1: best part of my week um aside from all the lovely browns talk um <laughs> that has been going on um my girlfriend was named chief photographer of the red and black yesterday nice hey, um that's so, actually
0: a good ne- usually these are so stupid that's right? actually that was, great that yeah. was good stuff. <laughs> usually it's um, like a bagel
1: <laughs> let's see what else yeah that's really it i lead oh i, I got i bought um so before i left um for Auburn, I bought 2K on my Xbox first nice. time in a few years. Ooh. So started my my player. I'm I got to the point yesterday where I don't like totally stink anymore. There I you go. I put up 18 and five against the Rockets. So what's uh what what sort of style is you guys? Uh, shooting guard because shooting, shoot, yeah, shooting, shooting guard, right? Shooting guard, uh, offensive threat. But like I can't shoot is the problem. Like I'm mm. a shooting guard that can't shoot. So if I'm not yeah, at that's the, an issue. <laughs> if I'm not at the basket, I'm not. Nothing's going in right now. More of a uh, dribble
0: drive kind of guy. Yeah,
1: dribble drive and make wide open layups. But yeah, um, Kate getting um, chief photographer of the red and black yesterday for next semester was was by
3: far the best part. Better than, even than two K.
2: Nice. What about you, Mr. Charles Henry Queen the Third?
3: So, I'm going to say besides the fall colors because those are pretty fantastic. They right? are good. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to go food this week. I'm going to go with Shocker. Survival, survival of my computer. Because every single day, I, I, I hope and pray this thing just survives. Because I don't know why. It's not that old, but it's refurbished. And every single day, I count my blessings for it to not to die. One day, I think it was Monday during football, it just life flashed before my eyes. Because all this black and white, just it just went haywire like an old uh, cable TV when an antenna wasn't set up. And then it somehow, it came back on the other side and it's still working. So that
2: was my best part of my week. We have the same computer. We even have the same chips on our, on our laptop cases. That's how, how tight we are. Very we? similar. <laughs> All right, Nathan, best part of your week, man. Oh,
0: it, was, it took until yesterday for it to happen, but oh, man. So, over the summer when I was working in Chattanooga, I discovered a restaurant called Tzatziki's. Not a very, you know, I mean, it's just a chain. Like, it's not something crazy. Not a big discovery. <clears throat> but they have the best basmati rice in the world. Oh. And I recently discovered there was one in Athens. I didn't know that. And so last night, I got me some takeout tzatzikis, double basmati rice, chicken roll-ups, and it was amazing. Somebody's got to, you know, carry the mantle,
2: do food as their best that
3: part sounds of the week. pretty good. So, good job, Nathan. Yeah.
2: Best part of my week is that there is now a tie in the word game between myself and Nathan Moore. Oh. We, Jed, so, so here's long. how how so it went long. down. Okay. About James. a week and a half ago, a month and no. a half ago, okay. Henry wasn't here because he was going to the beach and taking a personal day off of work. I guess that's and cool. Think, we think allow that. And then
3: Georgia, South Carolina happened. I had to stay in my hotel room while my, while my family was on the beach. <laughs> right, I had to right. edit these stories.
2: Well, and so Nathan and I are, are sitting here, and we're like, you know what, we've got we've got creative license. We're going to have uh, some fun and do a cool segment. So we went to the ever-so-powerful randomwordgenerator.com. Mm-hmm. And we picked a six, seven, and eight letter word for each of us. Okay. And the goal was for each of us to sneak them in to one of our articles past the editors. House. Whoever has more published before the SEC championship is crowned the winner and automatically gets like an extra win in the win column Ooh. in the power rankings and the That's staff big. picks. Which, for Nathan, it's a bigger deal than it is for me, because I'm in last place. Nathan's actually in the hunt You're right not now. I'm in last place. Okay, well, great. I'm not in last place. I'm in third place. Um, I'm tied for first, so this is a huge <laughs> deal. And so for Nathan, a big deal. Nathan, previously, one of his words is detector, and he snuck the okay. word detector in with a context of... It uh, was god-awful. It was, <laughs> it so was for the Georgia-Florida Exhibition baseball game a couple weeks ago in Jacksonville, okay. and Nathan used the word detector like...
0: I think uh, he hit a line drive that set off
2: the smoke detectors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, granted, I wasn't editing the story, so
3: it just slipped right on by. I would hope not.
2: Mine was, uh, the word I used this week was equation, and I snuck okay. it in in the numbers to know. It was about Texas A&M's defensive efficiency. I said something along the lines of the defensive efficiency equation something, and it, and it got in there, and it made it to print. And we're not going to reveal what word it was, but Nathan attempted to get a word in this week, and it got cut.
0: Got rejected. (laughs) He
2: walked into class yesterday morning, and he said, "Mm, I'm about to be up 2-0 on the word (laughs) things. He looked. It wasn't there, and I was like, boom, it's 1-1. All
3: Mm. right. I I cannot believe that happened. I'm I'm a big turn of events. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So that was fun. Best part of my week. But lots of stuff (laughs) happened uh, around Athens and outside of it, around the Georgia program. Georgia just went to the Plains and beat Auburn. I believe all th- three of the four of us were there, and I thought that it was an exciting game um, You know, for Georgia. It looked like at the end, Georgia might blow it and and let it slip in the last couple of minutes, but Jed, you were actually in the middle of all the mayhem in the last 10 minutes or so as Auburn made its final push behind Bo Nix, and then ultimately got sacked by uh, Nix got sacked by Trayvon Walker to end the game with under two minutes left. What was that atmosphere like from the field? Because it looked like about halfway through the fourth quarter of the stadium, the student section really got rocky, and that place turned into the electric atmosphere that you would expect it to be.
1: Yeah, that atmosphere there is, I mean, that was, and I was there two years ago, too, and it was the same thing. Like, that atmosphere, like, honestly, it's way better than, any, I don't think, anything Sanford Stadium has ever produced, <laughs> at least that I've ever seen. Um, So, yeah, we came out in the end zone that Auburn scored in, like, as they were, I think as we came out of the tunnel, there was the run by uh, Whitlow or whoever it was that got down to the one. Um, so we were like, as Auburn scores and they're celebrating in the back of the end zone, like they're like walking in front of us. And then, so we're in that corner while the review and all that stuff happens. And we're walking down the sidelines to the Georgia end where we were kind of supposed to be. And like the student section is swag surfing down there and it's going nuts. And I'm like, this is, this, that's is, swag this is college cool. football. Yeah. It was like, I took a video on my phone, just like for kicks. Um, but yeah, that atmosphere was incredible. Um, being down on the field for the whole, I guess, Auburn's last two drives and Georgia's last two drives, quote unquote. Um but it was funny because um and I think I told mine and you this at football um sometime this week. So we're down on the field and there's you know there's security people all the way around the field. <laughs> and so we're just I'm kneeling next to the security guy not really paying any attention to him and Georgia breaks up a pass or something and the guy says, Yeah like way to go, Richard, like way to go. And I was like, Oh man, you're you're here, you're for Georgia and he said yeah man like my starting cousin or my cousin is the starting safety out there richard lecount and i was like what <laughs> first cousin no yeah, less first cousin yeah and he was like yeah um trameel walthower is my cousin too and i was like <laughs> what what are the odds of this that we come down to the field and we kneel next to richard lecount's cousin but anyway yeah the game ends um it was funny i took a video of that pass that was behind whoever was out of the backfield thinking that was the sec east clinching play only to do the same thing again a couple minutes later um but it was crazy, you know. The celebration on the field was was wild, and um, you know the the fans down in that corner all went crazy, and it was it was a wild time. It was one of the coolest things I've gotten. I've never been down on the field before a game has ended before. I don't think um, maybe for like a couple minutes, a couple seconds at the end of a blowout. So it was really cool to be down there and kind of experience the atmosphere of the game, celebration, all that kind of stuff.
2: Nathan Henry, what are your three word headline takeaways? From what happened last Saturday,
0: Mama Goldberg's overrated.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
3: We've already discussed this last week, but y'all didn't even go. Y'all didn't even go.
0: Yeah, but that proved my point, though. I think right because my friends that I was staying with who go to Auburn have been going to Auburn for three years. I was like, hey, we, you know, I kind of want to go to Mama Goldberg's. Haven't been since you know I was a kid going here, and they're like, honestly, why? (laughs) Why do you want to go? So.
3: But granted, I mean you you go to auburn, you
0: get tired of almost everything, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you live there, I understand it. It's great to me because i it's like it's kind of like a holiday. I don't go very often, but um in an actual footballing sense, um I guess you know, seal the deal going to yeah. going to Atlanta, um probably the last big obstacle you would think between Georgia. I mean, other than other than the SEC championship, but the last big regular season obstacle you think Georgia would face. But of course, we're going to get into Texas A&M this weekend, and why that actually might not be the case. But um, yeah, it was it was a good result against, I think, easily the best defense they've played all year.
3: What about um, they got it done? Because they did.
2: <laughs> What'd
0: you say? That's they got four, it done. That's f-
2: that's four, four words. Ah, oh, I always words. do this. That's. F- but that's like I feel like that's Mr. Editor. You got it done. Sports, works, you
0: Sports know? radio. I feel like they, whenever they play these games, there's <laughs> somebody
3: who does
1: that. So, <laughs> well, there you go. I'm I'm the all guy. right. I like it. Has, I did, like it. Did anyone say finish the
3: drill?
2: Or? I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say finish the drill or just attack the day. Some some Kirbyism <laughs> that he uses like chop like, the wood. He hasn't yeah. used in a while. By he way. hasn't. Um, and so yeah, I think kind of the same line, right? The motto that we've been giving the past couple weeks is that it's been just good enough. Just good enough to win the games, but we've mentioned that wins are all Georgia needs right now, that a win, and a, wi- a win is a win no matter how ugly it is at this point. And kind of felt that way again. Georgia dominated for a lot of the game, and then the fourth quarter, Auburn kind of had a new life and a new heartbeat. But on the Mama Goldbergs front, just put a little bow on that. <laughs> we were about to go there and eat after the game, and I was like, Oh man, we've got to go. I've got to give my, my review, my ranking, all that stuff next week in the radio show. We pivoted, ended up at Taco Mama in uh tumor's corner is that a chain or a i don't know it seems like the auburn equivalent of fuzzies here yeah. in town right. yeah i've never actually had the food at fuzzies here in town right but uh taco mama was pretty good it was filling it was also like 11:45, and i was so hungry so ever, anything that was edible would have been pretty good um but we ended up there in terms of the press box food report jed actually can, can add another voice on this they had Full moon or something moon barbecue. Yeah, yeah, they had barbecue up there. Mac and B- cheese, B-b- cookies, the barbecue, smoked turkey sandwiches. I was about to
3: say
1: I have never like because I wasn't like starving, but I mean you know it was. I mean I had eaten a little breakfast, and it was probably what twelve thirty one o'clock when we got to the press box. And I see these bags and say yeah, full moon, half moon, quarter moon, crescent moon, whatever barbecue on them, <laughs> and. Yeah, it was a smoked turkey sandwich, which was fine, but I'm like, who comes to the decision, especially when you know you're going to have a lot of visiting media in town, you know that, okay, we're going to get this barbecue place, but we're going to get smoked turkey. I guess it might have been like a Thanksgiving type thing, I guess. But I don't know. It I was just was
3: plain old smoked turkey, smoked yep. turkey, and and they had and a little couple of and they had some barbecue
2: sauce, so and they jealous.
0: had they had little bags of chips that were really, really? good. yeah, Why they had does. some chips that were good. You know how much I love the late night turkey sandwich. No, 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 no. But, but there this, was, is the, this was, was before the game. This was I know, the pregame. I know. But I am all over turkey sandwiches. I know. In the press box, but there was no, no there loved. was no post game offering. Which and halftime had hot dogs. Oh, hey, they
1: did have box popcorn though. They did. Yeah, they brought up boxes of popcorn, hot, buttery. Smooth, uh, hot might be a bit of a stretch, but buttery like movie pop, movie theater. Yeah, you know, oh, really? good stuff. Yeah. That was good. That was
2: then they like, had um, they had coffee and hot chocolate and all that stuff. Oh. Did anyone here?
1: Did any any of y'all three cover the game in Knoxville? I did. Yeah. Yeah. They both they did. It was it was the same thing. It was just like the popcorn they had in the press box
0: okay. in Knoxville. Very and, nice. Yeah, um, I, I like him I like eating some of that. I was I did not partake. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I I ate a lot of food that day. We had the polar sausage, so we did. Then we, a lot
3: then of we food. had yeah, the, the real the, meal. Then we had pizza. the ice cream at halftime. Mm-hmm. Then we had the pizza afterwards and the popcorn.
2: Um, I will say I this: uh, the press box setup. I guess it's brand new at Auburn because you can see yeah. exactly where the old ones used to be at the fifty-yard line. Great view, uh, which are now luxury suites because they actually profit off of those a little bit. And this one, a little bit onto of the corner. It you're Ugly. It, you're in the middle of the end zone, and it's the way not as big I would as describe as it, it, it's it is a lecture hall with a window. It's oh, yeah. completely closed, and the you cannot hear the atmosphere. You don't feel like you're really in the stadium because the noise is so muted and drowned out. I mean, it's a productive working environment, I guess. It's just mm-hmm. closed, and for me personally, even with that kind of a view offset, I would love if the windows were just cracked open just a hair, not even for it to be open for me to feel like I'm in there, just so I could hear it and mm-hmm. that aspect to feel like I'm in there. What about um, the way it looked from the outside, like from the field? How did it look? Mr. What, May, thinks you
3: you don't have to write gamers anymore, so you're just out <laughs> in the field.
1: It literally, lo- the, we're talking about the press
3: box. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: It literally looks like I don't know what it's on top of. I guess it's part of the stadium, but it's literally like you, they have the stadium built and someone plucked a little building and just dropped it right on top of. <laughs> so it doesn't whatever it was. It doesn't fit. No, it looks kind of weird because the stadium, I guess Jordan here is pretty pretty old, right? I mean, but Jordan, it, Jordan, yeah, not as right. old as Stanford, but Sorry. yeah, very old. like pretty old, and yeah. it's like this new. I guess there was a whole new structure that was built. Like, nothing – because I guess, like, they didn't build those luxury like, – they converted yeah. the press box into luxury suites. But I guess just a whole new structure that they dropped on top of I – and mean, like, it was just so small because even – It
2: was small and steep. It was small, like the bathroom. Oh, there was like, – yeah.
1: There was, there was, there was one, one stall and one urinal in the bathroom. No way. For, yeah, for the and entire like, press box.
2: Including
3: for TV? Yeah. yeah. Where's the no, TV media, they, they've the got side. a 50-yard line. What about Radio.
2: Uh, same spot, just next to us. Mm-hmm. So they have every to single
3: working nostrils. media member for both men and women. Like there's a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom.
2: Mm-hmm. Or only one urinal. Correct. Yep. And the worst part is they built the press box.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not like oh well, we're gonna make the best of a bad situation. No, they built it. Yeah, like that. that's insane. It was like, bad. The Tennessee like press year. box,
3: you know, was new. I think relatively new. And I read an article actually recently on the athletic about that. Um, that scoreboard that they have in there, the, With, the chalkboard. Oh yeah, that? yeah. At Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. That's yes, a, a tradition. Apparently, they yeah. they had it in the old press box. I think they built a new one in the late '90s, and they're like, yeah, let's just keep it. So they still update a chalkboard. Yeah, a chalkboard, a chalkboard really scoreboard cool. in the day and age of a smartphone. But okay. I love it.
2: It's interesting. I like it. Well, as for the actual football, Georgia was outgained by Auburn in total offensive yards, three hundred twenty-nine to two hundred and fifty-one. Jake Fromm, 13 of 28 for 110 yards, did have three touchdown passes. One was a 51-yard strike to Dominic Blaylock up the seam. The others were a little dump-down checkdowns to Brian Herrien and Eli Wolf. Bo Nix ends up throwing the ball 50 times, completes it 30 times for 245 yards. But the defensive front is what we talked about for Auburn all week long going into it. Derek Brown and what they would be able to do. Did sack Fromm once, but other than that, I thought pretty good pass protection, but it just didn't – see. it seemed like another day where it wasn't the most creative passing scheme. It was just what needed to happen for it to be productive. Your thoughts? Agree? Disagree? I want to take it. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. It just seemed
1: like there was a lot of – like a lot of the incompletions were – like I don't think putting everything on from is – like play calling maybe, but it seemed like every incompletion was like a back shoulder throw mm-hmm. that – a defensive back gets his hand in like he had what 15 incompletions I bet at least probably at least probably half of those were um you know just like that and then I mean the one was I mean Karis Jackson in the end zone that was almost a touchdown then Eli Wolf had a drop so I mean I don't think putting it on prom I don't think the whole year you know it hasn't all been on Jake Fromm either but yeah I mean I don't know there wasn't a lot of the passing game wasn't really stretched down the field I mean obviously there was the play lock, but even on that play he wasn't Right. I and mean, said after the game, he wasn't the primary read on it. Um, and then Cager fell down. Yeah. And then Cager, like, too, he didn't play a whole lot because yeah. he got, I mean, rewatching the game, I think it was a second drive. He catches a slant, like, it's a hit right on his shoulder. So that, I didn't play a whole lot after that, which, again, kind of shows how important Lawrence Cager is to this offense. Um, but on the flip side of it, I mean, they still, you know, had that two minute drive without him. They had that six minute drive, or whatever it was in the third quarter to go up 21 nothing. And I thought, sealed the game without him. So, um, his availability will be big on Saturday. But, again, I don't think it's all on Jake Fromm, but he certainly – you know, he, sh- he shares
0: a blame in it, just kind of like everybody else. Yeah, I'll agree with your um, point about – now, granted, I wasn't watching it from in a, uh, as clear a point of view as you guys were in the press talks. I was just in the stands. But I do agree that the incompletions, you can chalk a lot of those up to pretty just pretty good coverage mm-hmm. from Auburn. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of been the case against Georgia all season. I don't mm-hmm. think those receivers – they're never going to be the Oklahoma type, the C.D. Lamb type, where you're just going to see them 15 yards, I mean, away from everybody else. Um, the Georgia offense just doesn't get people open like that, and these receivers just can't seem to get separation like that. So it's going to take pretty good throws from Fromm just about every time on every drop back. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I don't, I didn't know the numbers actually until you guys just mentioned them just now. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point in the season you know – what you're kind of getting from from these receivers. And it was good enough to win against Auburn. Now whether or not a performance like that will get the job done, potentially in the SEC Championship or even this week, remains to be seen. But um, I think you're right. It shows just how important Cager is because the passing game offense is largely anemic without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be an issue. Well, something that got mentioned this week too was
1: I think uh, somebody asked in the Monday press conference this week, George is like hundred and. Some thinking in the country, remember that Henry about in play action passing or whatever that stat was? And Kirby was just like, Yeah, we just we haven't play action as much as we have in years past. So I wonder if, A, I wonder what the reason for that is. And B, maybe that's the key in the last, I mean, these last two regular season games against going to tell us you if you're going to create more separation. Maybe, I mean, this team's going to run the ball a lot, whether it's yeah. working or not, honestly. So maybe that's the key to unlocking the passing game a little bit is play action shots. Maybe stretching the field a little bit on said play action well passes.
3: kirby also seemed a little more um i don't know maybe honest or changed his mindset a little bit because he acted like you know we're trying to be unpredictable which is almost like a word he never uses i'm not sure if you use the exact word but he said that, like the third down um and long situations are sometimes like, just a consequence of trying to switch things up mm-hmm. and like i feel like while at the very beginning of the season when everyone was on coach coley's case um he was he was he was inclined to defend him right and he didn't Mm -hmm. really like talk about this but now he's saying oh we were trying to switch it up we're doing all this stuff there's a consequence of sometimes having a third and long so maybe he will keep trying to I feel like they are doing a little more play action nowadays than they were Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the year but so
1: well and it's the same thing like I said this before too like the same fans who complain when Georgia runs the ball twice on the first two downs and ends up in a third and six are the same people who complain when you throw incomplete twice on first and second down mm-hmm. and you have third and ten. Like Yeah, it's a catch twenty two. Pe- yeah, people are gonna complain no matter what, especially when you're an offensive coordinator. I feel like kinda how like the when Georgia played South Carolina in twenty fourteen and they lost and everyone like got on Bobo's case for not running the ball. Like I feel like that game against South Carolina has gotten James Cole to the point where no matter what he does now, like every time there's a bad play call or a three and out, people are gonna like jump down his throat about it. Which, I mean, it's the life of an offensive coordinator when you're at a school like this, but, um, you know, it's it's great. Like, no one complains when first and second down runs get you 12 yards in a first down, so. Yeah.
2: Man, for Bobo, completely unrelated, but that Colorado State team, they lost to Arkansas by three touchdowns back in September. That is brutal. But, anyway, Georgia ends up running the ball 36 times for 156 yards against Auburn. DeAndre Swift is 106 yards on the ground, but I think the player of the game, guys, Jake Camarta out of the uh, special teams unit. He had to punt 11 times, which Kirby Smart after the game said he had some bombs for camarda His longest punt was 67 yards, he averaged just under 51 yards per punt, but he also said, "I hope that he never has to punt 11 times in a game again." Aaron uh, Sipos for Auburn punted 7 times, so 18 punts in the game. That's 5 more completions than Jake Fromm had. I mean, that was insane to be. It seemed like a puntathon and um mm-hmm. uh, well, for Georgia, it worked. It looked like they were finally able to flip the field position. And I know that maybe it's not exactly what you want to see if if you're a fan, but at least refreshing to see Kamara maybe step up in a big ish moment and show that he has the lag and can pin teams if he has to. I will say he did have a
0: fantastic game in a game scenario where field position became yeah. paramount. Because. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia had what, nine three and ounce, eight, three and ounce, mm-hmm. something around there. Um basically they, it came it became obvious at certain points where if Georgia doesn't start, you know, farther than their own thirty, well then like they're gonna like they're not gonna score just because they couldn't move the ball against that defense. So field position was super important and Kamara helped out a lot with that. But I will say he had a punt late in the game where it was like, okay, this was good, probably going to be Auburn's final drive or at least close to final drive. because Since both teams couldn't move the ball, what you would think would end up being the final drive mm-hmm. always kind of ended up being the penultimate one. But there was an instance where Camaro, Georgia were punting from deep in their own territory um, but had a good chance to, to flip the field position pretty well against Auburn and pin them, not you know inside their own ten, but definitely make them have to drive largely the length of the field to tie the game. And I all I could think about was the Notre Dame punt. And to see – I don't think it was his best punt of the night by yeah. far. It was he not. He got a little bit of a roll on it, yeah. I think. But it was – it ended up being good enough. Mm-hmm. And there, really that's all – if you punt 11 times, you know, that says something else about your offense. But really when you – when they absolutely needed him to, to get Auburn into – a worse position to score, get them as far back as he could. He came through in an instance where he didn't in the last yeah. huge game. Yep. And especially in the first but. half too, like before they actually, you know, the, because
1: I get going in the second half, you're up 14 or nothing. It's the offense that had done nothing. But in the first half when it was still close, he had the one where they pinned him at the six or whatever it was. He had the one – or pinned him at the two. That was a 67-yard, I think. The one that went out of bounds like the six. He had another one that could have been caught by Eric Stokes, but he Stokes didn't see it and it bounced in the end zone. So the first half especially was – I mean, Jake Camarda's best half as a punter here, especially like Nathan said with a game that was in a game
3: where field position was so mm -hmm. important. I think he had four mine, wrote in his story, um, four pinned him inside the 20-yard line in the first half. It's interesting. I wonder if, like, the same things go through a mind of a punter in that type of scenario that Nathan was describing as, like, a kicker, you know, in, like, last second Mm -hmm. uh, trying to kick a field goal. Probably the same mindset or the same psychological, you know, I guess problems or whatever like things you have to go through and like probably get trained for through like a mental coach and but also we don't talk about one second of all like there's actually probably not more pressure but like more physical literal pressure Mm from pressure from like a a defensive front right because like because is it more likely to block a punt or a field goal probably
0: I'd say probably a punt
1: I feel like I see more punts because you can like you can scheme up a tricky block on a punt a lot easier than you can a field goal
0: I
3: think Um, there's probably data on this but that's okay when you speculate
1: (laughs) i wonder if like punters go the same thing like i don't know how many of y'all are failed golfers like i am but like they tell you like when you're golf like when you're when you're trying to hit like don't try to hit it super hard because that like just take a nice easy swing Mm -hmm. and that's when that's when problems start when you try to hit the ball too hard i wonder if the same thing happens for punters like if you try to like obliterate the ball
3: that's when Things well, it's, go wrong, it's, in it's interesting. This is a completely random note, but uh there's a, the Meng's golf team just signed two golfers, one of which is a brother <laughs> that, <laughs> um, that is so <laughs> from sh- punching okay, to golf. Okay, you just <laughs> mentioned golf. Okay, so there is a uh co- golfer just signed, his right. brother is a member of the club golf team here at Georgia. Okay. But he's a former walk on kicker at Georgia. Ooh. Uh, as a freshman. Oh, is that Mitchell? Uh, Roskowski. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if you've noticed mine, but you wrote an article back in the day on club golf. We've it writ- was like 900 words. We've <laughs> written two in the past week. So you were the, fr- like, if you look up club golf in the red and black, like, your article is basically the only one that comes up. Now we've gotten two in the past week. We are carrying on the legacy. Shout but out, they're, they're, club golf. they're only like 400 words, so...
2: Fun fact, I had no idea what I was doing. I had three hours of interview audio. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I sat on the golf cart with them during a practice <laughs> round and just had my re, had my phone recorder going, my voice memos, and I was just peppering them with questions. Oh, they were playing a practice man. round. I didn't know what I was doing. I was, Here was the direction I was given. And it's like, yeah, go out there and write a story. I didn't know how to interview, none of that stuff, so I just sat out there. I I contacted their club president guy, Joe Reichert, and um, yeah, that was... That I was kid is something, something else.
3: He went to my high school, tried out for the baseball team here. Anyway, he's doing good at club golf, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're
2: going back to that nas- to the national championships and trying to win again. I think they've won a couple in the past no, few years. You're behind the news. They, oh. already, they came in fifth. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, Which isn't bad. That's pretty good. That is, yeah. yeah that concludes our club golf, <laughs> yeah. club golf conversation.
2: So get the B-Riders in here next time, man. Work the desk. Okay, I'll try,
3: man. I think I'm doing, okay. I'm doing okay. At least I instructed them on how to uh, <laughs> <laughs> write a story. I didn't just say, hey, go out and write a story. Or That's like, fair. Oh, maybe I did.
2: That's <laughs> fair. So so Georgia back pivoting back to the Auburn game. Ends up winning 21-14 to and wrapping up the SEC East. First team to win three consecutive SEC East crowns since the Steve Spurrier-led Florida Gators, who won five in a row in the mid-'90s. So the first time in just a little over 20 years. Georgia heading back to Atlanta if... Slash when LSU beats Arkansas this weekend. It'll be the Dogs and the Tigers at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And Georgia tries to get redemption for the blowout loss in the Bayou last year. But, Nathan, you hinted at it a little bit earlier. This weekend, no game to to scoff at and to just glance over. The Texas A&M Aggies coming to town. Kickoff tomorrow at 3.30 at Sanford Stadium. It is supposed to rain. The last time I looked... An 88% chance of rain. I don't know who comes with eighty comes up with 88%, but it seems oddly specific. So it feels like it's going to rain. And uh, the last time these two teams played here in Athens, 1980, a guy named Herschel Walker of the backfield for Georgia. Georgia ends up winning the national championship. The last time these two teams played in general, 2009, in the ever-so-prestigious uh, Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with future NFL quarterback Ryan
0: Tannehill playing receiver. Fun uh, fact. really yep wow Shreveport is a fantastic place
2: if you ever get the chance i don't know that i you will have not <laughs> been there right <laughs> you not been, huh? you've been there
3: interesting no I haven't, <laughs> there. I haven't been there but
0: i have a good friend in, uh, in a baton rouge correspondent who swears by shreveport so
2: well we'll have to check it out but all right nathan uh so this weekend the game against texas a&m Clearly a big one. a and the only team in the country to have Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and Auburn on its schedule. Three of those five games on the road. So this is a battle-tested team. And I think the biggest thing is it doesn't matter what kind of pomp and circumstance, what frills Georgia brings. I don't care what kind of light show Sanford Stadium has in the fourth quarter. It will not phase Kellen Mond to the Aggies because they're used to playing in front of 105,000 or going on the road to Alabama. Or they're going on the road to LSU next week. So is that an added layer to kind of take into account that the crowd probably won't be as effective as it was against Notre Dame? Well, or do you do you believe that? Yeah,
0: I I believe that for the reasons you mentioned, but more so, it is going to rain, and I've already heard from a lot of people that they're not if they're going. Period. They're not going to stay for very long. Right. So now, granted, the the Bulldog faithful will. I mean there there's people out there who will go even if it was, you know, thunder and lightning, but not that they even play in those situations anyway. But speaking of the weather on a quick note, you asked how they come up with eighty eight percent. I took weather and climate freshman year. <laughs> that doesn't mean there's an eighty eight percent chance in the way that you think it means. It means that in this area, they expect 88% literally of the land mass.
1: No way. so right. <laughs> I, be took,
0: I didn't take weather and climate, but I took something, some
3: sort of, and I remembered that now. Now yep. that you say it, I remember Wait, so that how, what's the radius on that, though? I don't know. Okay. What if it's 88% of Sanford Stadium?
0: Well, <laughs> that'd be crazy. Lucky seat 17 <laughs> in row 8 is going to be dry. Where, I don't know. But... Anyway, that's what it means. It's going to rain. Um, that's the. Uh, I had no idea. I know the <laughs> more you know, you, you scoffed. I saw your face when I brought it up, but you drug something, something back from my freshman year, and as we all know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so glad, glad I could help you relive the uh, the glory days, Jed. But anyway, as far as as far as this A and M matchup, we've seen how Georgia. I mean, we all remember the the Kentucky game. What was that? Oh, a month ago, yep. basically in the pouring rain. I don't know if this rain is going to be that aggressive for lack of a better word um but Georgia's passing offense hasn't looked great all season really and definitely not in rainy conditions against kentucky i mean i remember from throwing for under 100 yards something ridiculous like that um but and you're right texas a&m they're not going to be phased by this they play more big games than any other school probably in the country i mean south carolina also had a really ridiculous schedule but Kellen Mond is an experienced quarterback. The pressure is not going to get to him, and if I'm Jimbo Fisher and at Texas A&M, I'm feeling pretty good going into this game because you're unranked. You're seven and three, though. Given the schedule they've played, that's pretty impressive. Um, over the past five games, their rushing attack has increased. They've rushed for more yards every single game going back for five weeks. Now, I forget what they started at, but increasing every week going into this one. Now, I doubt that they'll rush for 300 yards against Georgia, which is what they'd have to do to overcome their total from last week. But I'm feeling great if I'm Jimbo Fisher right now because what do you got to lose? You're going into an environment where people don't think you're going to win. You're unranked, not a whole lot of pressure on you. And yet, you know you've got a pretty dang good team. So this will definitely be one that, if anybody out there is just thinking it's going to be a cakewalk from here on out, you'll have to wait to get that in with Georgia Tech. But this week this week is definitely going to be something to, to keep an eye I on. I
3: don't know, man. Tech won that game last night.
0: Yeah, NC State. <laughs> playing on <laughs> Thursday, man. I have a buddy who goes to Tech, and he was texting me. I was like, which team are you going to lose to today, dude? I'm sorry. But, like, don't get out of here. Get out of here with this Tech it's going to be. All
3: difficult. right. All right. My dad went to NC State, so dude,
1: it. hold it. The defensive line is so small. Like, I literally watched, like, even, I don't know, if like, they said it on TV, and even before that, that like, made myself sound like an analyst, but like, even just any, like, idiot watching on TV is like, their defensive line is so small compared to Georgia or, like, even NC State. Like, NC State's not a SEC school, obviously, and even their defensive line was just so much bigger. Anyway, also, on the note of the 2009 Independence Bowl, we have future NFLers A.J. Green in that game. We have uh, Ryan Tannehill playing receiver, two catches for 35 yards. We have Rashad Jones, Demo, uh, Geno Atkins, okay. Sanders Cummings, nfl turned baseball player. Yeah, shout out summer 2017. Uh, Sean Williams and um, who was the other one? I missed one.
0: Uh,
1: oh Von Miller. Von Miller. Oh Von nice, right? yeah. Wow. yeah.
0: Back in the chicken farming. Uh, days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway. Well, so you mentioned I'm, how small the Georgia Tech defensive line is, but uh, as in, in terms of Georgia's defensive line. Will that group be able to get back there and, you know, their big word this year is havoc, create some havoc against Kellen Mond? Kellen Mond throws for 83 passing yards, or has 83 passing yards at any point the rest of the season. He will join Johnny Manziel as the only Aggie quarterback to ever throw for 7,000 yards and rush for 1,000. He's got 14 games where he's thrown 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 and run for a TD. And so this is a defense that I feel like and Kirby Smart has said in the past that it's not necessarily built on turnovers and, and the mm-hmm. big sacks and those big disruptive plays. It's just pretty much been a suffocating kind of bleed you out style defense where they'll have one big play, but other than that, it's just a lot of doing your job. I think I don't know if that will be enough on Saturday against Kellen Mond because of how experienced he is. He's the only starting quarterback that Georgia's faced in the SEC this year, who was the starter for his team last year. And so I mean, what do you expect out of that group? Obviously, Walker had the big sack to end the game last week, but other than that, there wasn't a, a ton going mm. on, creating some ruckus in the backfield.
1: Well, it's funny you say that, mine, because the story I wrote this week, shout out, Making Telegraph, is literally how Georgia's run run defense went from the weakness of the defense last year to the strength of the team this year. And like I did, I did some research and hashtag analysis for it. So every game they played this year, Georgia has held its opponent to less. Than the opponent's season rushing average enter the game entering the game and like eight of those games or eight of the ten so far they've held the opponents like less than half of their rushing average coming in and i think in six it's been less than a third so like every time this defense has faced a rushing attack they've come up they've answered the call every time it gets florida it's auburn uh, missouri kentucky when you knew kentucky wasn't gonna um be able to throw the ball another name so I don't think there's any reason, as far as run defense goes, to think this defense is going to stop now. Um, it's funny. I mean, you you were there. Kirby mentioned people were excited to not play the triple option this year. You now the Georgia Tech's gone. But this is kind of what A&M does with two running backs in the backfield at once and Kellen Mond is kind of a triple option type thing. Um, but I think, I mean, as far as run defense goes, I think kind of like what you guys have said about we know what to expect from this offense. We know what to mm-hmm. expect from this run defense now, too. They're going to suffocate you. They're not going to give up explosive runs. Um, and all that kind of stuff. As far as the pass game, like, I don't know. I think – I mean, like you said, you're yeah, you gotta going to have to get pressure on Kellen Mond somehow. Like, he's not going to – you can't let him sit back there and pick you apart all day. I mean, you got to do – if that means blitzing, if that means, you know, whatever. Um, But it's interesting, last week, because – I mean, through two drives, Bo Nix had thrown, I think, 10 or 11 passes last week. So it's like they came in – Auburn came in knowing it felt like they weren't going to be able to run the ball. So – does a And M come in with that same mindset and say we're just going to throw from the jump, or do they look to est- at least to try to establish the run first? So no one else has been able to establish the run really on Georgia, but I mean, maybe a And M will give it a shot on
3: Saturday. They have a pretty good running back core as well. I mean, Isaiah mm-hmm. Spiller is yeah. pretty good. I, I, I did my research. Don't he's not related to, uh, to CJ because they had different parents. So I'm assuming that means they're not brothers. Um, so yeah, <laughs> could but be cousins. I, Never knows. They could be, but Isaiah Spiller. So it looks pretty good. And Richardson, I don't really know how to say his first name, but he had over 100 yards in South Carolina last week. Um, he doesn't have that many total rushing yards on the season. Uh, Kellen Mond is second on the team. Nathan, you guys? You guys yeah, you I was
0: saying? just saying, uh, Kellen Mond is the second leading yeah. rusher on the team. Um, and this was strange. I didn't actually go in too much depth of research um, doing this, but for, in our Behind Enemy Bylines piece where I talk to the uh, – the sports editor um, of Texas a and student paper, the battalion, shout out to them. He made it seem like Kellen Mond, or he, he didn't make it seem, he outright said, they don't run a whole lot of designed runs for him. But I do find it hard to believe that he's the team's second leading rusher. And almost, there's zero design, run. Yeah. Yeah. Almost purely off of scrambling. If that is the case, then Georgia better watch out because that's a heck of a I have a question. This is completely unrelated, but did anyone? Did
3: anyone I'm sorry. Did anyone watch Ole Miss LSU? And oh, like, Ole Miss rushed for four hundred. I know they yeah. four hundred and two, and almost half of that w- of which was John Reese Plumley, former yeah. Georgia commit. How many of those were, I'm assuming were designed runs for him? And is this going to be a problem for LSU against Auburn or Georgia two weeks from now, three weeks from now?
2: I thought about that a little bit uh, when looking at it. I don't know how many were designed for him. But I think there's a difference in in the quarterbacking there, and I just don't know that Fromm's a runner. Yes. I mean, he's not. Well, a I runner. understand,
3: but like just rushing in general, rushing. like sure. Swift or anybody. Oh, else I back think
2: there. by far it'll be Georgia's biggest advantage in that game. But then I think the hard part, you know, looking ahead to the SEC championship, and that is if Georgia were to take ten plays, eight minutes off the clock, go score and go eighty-five yards, it would take you know it would take Joe Burrow and the boys all of two plays, thirty <laughs> seconds to go ninety-five yards and come right back and tie the game up. Uh, so LSU has the flash and bang offense that I don't know Georgia has shown yet, but, you know, the last couple of games, maybe a chance for Georgia with everything clinched, it seems like the only way to get to the college football playoff is winning the SEC championship if you're Georgia. I don't think they're in if if they lose. So maybe you can open it up, try and experiment and see what happens if you try and get more aggressive, get more explosive. Um, So I don't know. Maybe we'll see that.
1: But I think that's what you say. Like the key in the SEC championship is going to be like those really long ball control type. Drives. Because if you hold LSU to say, you know, nine or ten possessions, they're not going to score on it. I mean, you don't. If they score on every one, then you don't really deserve to win sure. anyway. But like, if you can hold them, I mean, the I mean, this is simple math. Like, if the, the less possessions they have, less opportunities they have to score points, the less points they're going to score. So, you know, and it seems like one of those games too, where the whole. I don't know two for one, whatever the for like where you get the ball at the end, of, kind of like they did against Auburn. You get the ball at the end of the half, and you, then mm-hmm. you get it out of halftime. That could be, especially if it if that goes Georgia's way. Like you could, because theoretically you could have the ball for, you know, twelve straight minutes of game time, basically if you have if you string two long drives together. So, like little stuff like that in that game. Like there's no, there's not really any margin of error for Georgia against anybody right now, but especially with, especially in the SEC championship game, it's gonna be like that.
2: I agree it'll be interesting to see um, to, to see what happens before we get into Henry's picks for the week uh, Jed let's talk a little basketball man we had Andy yes. Walsh in here last week he is on the beat for the red and black you're there covering the basketball team what's been your initial impression of what really the Anthony Edwards show has been but then I mean just looking at it it looks like Rayshon Hammonds is averaging a double double I mean where did that come from
1: It just I mean you know he he was hurt at the end of last year but even before that he wasn't I mean, he's put up 26 two games in a row. I mean, that's – and his career high is 31, and that was an isolated, you know, blow up against – I think it was Illinois State last year. So that's – I mean, that's the thing, and that's kind of what my story was after the game the other night. Like, this team, at least right now, is more than the Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards honestly hasn't played particularly well the last year. And it's not – I think the Georgia – I mean, I think he could go for 40 this year just because, I mean, he he got 29 against the Citadel and shot, I mean, maybe 50% from the field. Like, he – if he comes out, he's yet to come out hot out of the gate ending in the game this year. And he still had 29, 24. And even the other night, he had 18. So, um, yeah, Rayshon Hammond's emerging as a second score, And even just, I mean, the severe, what Severe Wheeler has done so far, he's been the most impressive guy on the team to me to come in. And, I mean, that he's averaging, I don't know, off the top. I bet he's averaging five assists a game and he doesn't even start, you know. Uh, providing that spark off the bench, Tyree Crump has made some big shots. He doesn't seem... To be taking the ridiculous shots he's been known to take in the past. Not pulling up from the logo. Not as much. It seems like <laughs> maybe I'm just I'm just numb to seeing it at this point. Um, but I don't know. Like it's seen, and then the, the, I think the biggest thing is the turnovers. Like every three of the four games they played, they've had fewer turnovers than their opponent, and it's I think they had
3: wow yeah this see, is a whole new team yeah, I, I haven't yeah, been I to a think, game this I mean, year
1: against covered almost everyone last against year against delaware state they had 11 and they had 30 assists which is the first time they've hit that was crazy tom green yeah. they had they had i think 12 or 13 the other night which i mean duke probably isn't turning it over 13 times a game but for this team it's a huge step forward from where they were last year so yeah they look better they look even with all the newcomers they look better in tom Crean's offense this year um I mean they still scored 82 against Georgia Tech. Obviously, so that's kind of that's a big step. So, we're going to see how good this team is in Maui because obviously the competition gets ratcheted up because you I mean, if they beat Dayton, they're they're most likely playing Michigan State, the number what, number 3 team or top 5 team in the country right now. So, um but we'll see, but right now, you know, they look they look really they look good. They look they don't look like a team that's got to me, at least, they don't look like a team that's breaking in 10, 10 guys that are brand new to the team. I think the big question is they got they don't really have a lot of size. Mm-hmm. So I mean, once you get an SEC play, they're gonna have to figure out how to defend the post and
3: rebound. But they but they got rebounded Georgia Tech the other night. Right. So I have a question: What's what's behind that? Like what besides the talent of Ant Man and Severe Wheeler and obviously Rayshawn? I mean, he was there last year. Mm-hmm. Know, maybe he's improved, but like what's behind it? I mean, Crean is he it, is it getting to these players? I think part of it to me is um, he's got those five guys
1: that are in their second year of the system. So he's not like he, Tom Crean himself, isn't teaching this offense brand new off the jump to 15 players. He's teaching it brand new to 10 players. And then obviously you're still working to improve, but they have, there's player direction that can be given Mm -hmm. to the younger guys now. Um, And I think that helps a lot. And I think it's just, I mean, just a talent influx on this team. I think, I mean, the, I mean, point guard play was such a problem. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, come on.
3: If it, it helps a
1: lot, if you yeah. just get rid of T. and exactly. Turtle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because you've got, I mean, Anthony Edwards can obviously score industry, but Sevier Wheeler is, I mean, the purest point guard this team has had in several years. Um, and I think like the best lineup I think this team has is when Wheelers Wheeler and Edwards are on the court together, because um, then you can move Edwards off the ball. He can do cut slash spot up and shoot all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I wonder if Wheeler moves into the starting lineup in place of Donnell Gresham at some point or if Crean will leave him on the bench to come in and give that a spark like a J.J. Frazier. Like, that's the obvious comparison to him. Um, but I don't know. Again, I, they look decent, but, I mean, you've also – the best team you played is Georgia Tech. And, I mean, no, no one really knows how good anybody is at this point in the college basketball season. So, again, once you get to Maui and you play Dayton, you play Michigan State, I forget who – is on their side of the bracket for that third game, but um, you play teams like that that are tournament caliber, and Georgia Tech can make the tournament too, I guess. But or unless they're are they on like a postseason ban? Who so. doesn't okay. matter. They either way. Once you play more teams like, especially playing three games in three days, we'll kind of learn a little bit more about what this team could be going into SEC play.
2: You going to Maui? I wish. I'm gonna oh, be, in, I'm, a, gonna be in, I'm gonna be in Ohio though. Okay.
1: I'm going, I'm going I'm leaving for Ohio tomorrow. There you go. So we're going to the Browns game Sunday. Yes sir. Who do so they play? They play the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Oh, that's, so, a, dub. that's a good one to go. So, that's a dead game. Hopefully say that <laughs> hopefully no uh there will be no incidents. But yeah. you know, knowing this team, there will be All of there the will be there will be something <laughs> like some like something something so stupid is gonna happen. Like I just know that I'm gonna be there. And something, like someone, I can't even think, like, it's going to be like the Titans thing where it yeah, was oh, the first yeah. game of the year and the heater, like, burned the field up. Yeah. That they're going to, like, burn the stadium down or it something. It might happen. Henry,
2: like, are we sending anyone to Maui? Unfortunately,
1: oh, we we're not. Yeah. Yeah. That, Henry that. would send himself. Just wondering. A seniority sports center. Henry, you're not even a senior yet. I'm not. You have seniority, but you're not a senior. No. Correct them into...
2: Well, it is 9.50, and so it's gearing to that time for Queens Royal Flush, and then time to do more. For anybody that is new to the program (laughs) and... Okay. Okay. Well, I was trying to be subtle about it, but anyone (laughs) that is new to the program, a.k.a. Jed, or for our loyal listeners that may have forgotten, this is the part of the show where we make you money. Henry had his best week of the year last week, finishing strong. He went four and one. We pick five games on the money line against the spread in college football. Henry gives his five. Then Nathan gets his five. We dispute, we discuss, and we get you some dollars. All right, Henry. What do you have, man? Usually I'm not confident, but I'm coming off of a huge week, people. Four and one. I'm, con-
3: I'm
0: going oh be- five coming up.
3: All right, mine. I like it. So, give me Virginia Tech minus four for Pittsburgh. Now Maryland stinks, right? I cover. I, we we I follow MJ Mubovo on Twitter. Yeah, this team stinks it up. Nebraska's not any good either. But my friend plays baseball there. I am a Nebraska stand. Give me them minus five over Maryland that's at nice. Maryland, but that's okay. Huskers
2: are my team for Let's class, go. man. Yes yeah. Sir. All
3: right. Um, Frosty. Louisville and Syracuse. Frosty. I'm not really sure about this one. But Syracuse, I mean, are they that bad? I don't know. Give me plus nine Syracuse. I like it. Are any of these games even on TV? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Look, this week is pretty bad in in terms of uh, what they offer. You're right. All right. um, Rutgers really, really, really (laughs) stinks. So give me Oklahoma State minus 21. Um, Now, my fifth game, I was confident about all all four of those. Not really confident about this one. But I I need, I don't know, Minnesota Northwestern. Mine is a tough one. This is... At Northwestern, a noon game. but Minnesota's number eight in land, right? But they just lost last week. But it's a noon game. Will they get it done? I think so. Northwestern stinks. Minus 14, Minnesota. I have two questions. One, did you say
2: Oklahoma State was playing Rutgers? That that was my first one. Is that wrong? That's wrong. (laughs) There's no way. Damn it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Rutgers covered last week against uh, Ohio State. Sorry, sorry.
3: I I wrote down the wrong... State. Michigan State. There you go. Yeah. Big difference. Michigan
1: State. Oklahoma. <laughs> is what? What? Yeah. Michigan fused Oklahoma <laughs> well, yeah. Michigan? What's the I, line?
3: I just didn't mean to. Okay, so minus 21. And you mm. are taking? Michigan State, boy. Okay, my second question boy, is. Henry's confident. I like this. <laughs> this second, is a new vine. My is second is
1: a new question vibe. is, I noticed you did not make a pick for the Madison County Red Raiders tonight.
2: First ever playoff yes, win last week. The
1: Madison County Red Raiders. First ever state playoff win last week. Proud alum.
2: I might read be, all the might have week. a
0: better chance of getting that on television. than something. It is on television. <laughs> <laughs> than the, the Rutgers-Oklahoma State game. It's, yeah. it's streaming somewhere.
2: Michigan State. Yeah, I know. All right, let's do more with uh, Nathan Moore. What are your picks, big dog? All right, as usual, Henry, I vehemently
0: disagree with most <laughs> of yours. But I'm with you on Virginia Tech minus four at home against Pitt. I feel like there's a little bit of a rivalry there. I don't know if there actually is, but I feel like those two teams don't like each other. Virginia Tech is going to come out get a four point at least victory over Pitt. Then I got Texas plus five and a half at Baylor. I think the Golden Bears season comes to a disappointing end. Are they even the Golden Bears? Or did I just say that? They might I think just be the straight bears. up. Bears. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be Golden no longer. <laughs> they're not going to be Golden this week after Texas. They are not back, but they're going to get a outright win at Baylor, I believe. Then FIU plus 20.5, what happened to our music? It's all right. These picks, I, I hit an ad. The music makes me want to talk faster, so it's all right. Maybe that that stopped. But FIU plus 20.5 at home against Miami. This is a big deal down in South Florida, if you're unaware. A lot of animosity between these two schools. A lot of people who are like, oh, you can't get into Miami. Guess I'll go to FIU. So, Huge, huge stakes did here. Did Miami
1: and FIU get in a fight once? Or yeah. My, that's what I thought. Yeah. Sure did. Big stakes
0: down in South Florida for this one. FIU is plus 20 and a half. I don't think they're going to win, but they're going to cover at home against Miami. Then TCU plus 18 at Oklahoma. I think we've learned at this point that Oklahoma really isn't that great of a football team. I believe in the Horn Frogs just enough to not lose by more than 18. And then lastly... You said it. It's a really bad week for college football this week. So this one is a complete stretch. I have no real basis for this whatsoever. But Tulane plus six at home against UCF in New Orleans. That's a tough place to play now. Book it. So checkerboard end zones. You guys waves. know who? Uh,
2: you guys know who baseball Brit is on Twitter? Yeah, he's he's spun an imag- an electronic wheel earlier this year to pick his college football fandom and landed on Tulane. So I'm I'm riding the I'm riding the Green the Wave, green, man. Hey, fantastic uniforms by the yeah, way. Yeah, the logo a, with, the, with the But uh, they're the a Green Wave. Yeah. How are they blue? It's kind of a tealish.
0: I don't know. Okay. I feel like yeah, that, Gulf that waters I, could, I don't like. could get around there. I don't know. Mr.
3: Brown's guy who's mostly orange. I mean... Hey,
0: man, look. There's not a lot... There's
1: not a lot you can do with brown and orange. I think they do pretty good. The color rush uniforms are cool. The other ones, which they're wearing on Sunday, of course, because I'm going to be there, stink. (laughs) But that's okay. They're they're getting new uniforms next year? Year after? I think it's next year.
2: So is that your lock, Nathan? No,
0: my lock of the week is going to be Virginia Tech um, minus four um, at home against Pitt. But one follow note on Tulane. Tulane? 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 In the debate Talani. that has been had a lot recently in college football, these around in my social circles about mascots that would win in fights, you are not beating wave. What you are not beating a wave, like as like if mascots were to fight each other, how are you gonna? You can't, you physically could not defeat a wave, so they're gonna win.
2: Wait, is this the, like the the mascot, as in like the hairy dog or the Uga? Like the the like bulldogs
1: versus yeah, Green bu- Wave, versus. yeah, like the, the
2: animal okay. in general. Sure, sure. So it's like the whole Mike Leach
0: argument. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's what I was referring. All to. right. Well, I'll uh, come, I'll come back with the counter argument next week. I feel like I can find well, something. Well, technically the Hurricanes. Maybe. I was, just, I <laughs> yeah. was gonna say Hurricane. All right. So.
3: I need to have a lock of the week, I suppose. Um, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh is the first one I wrote down, but in order not to be the same as Nathan, I'm going to go with Nebraska minus five over Maryland. But you're going with Nebraska over Maryland? Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought you picked Maryland. No, no, no. Uh, Maryland's bad is what I'm saying. So therefore, I'm
1: going
2: Nebraska. My my buddy plays baseball there, man. Go go, uh,
3: Frosty Huskers. Go there. You go.
2: All right, Henry. What can we expect uh, this weekend from the desk in terms of coverage? Nathan and Augusta, I believe, will be there tomorrow. We shall uh, Repping the the R and B sports crew in Sanford Stadium. So check them out uh, for the coverage and and all over at Red Black Sports on Twitter. But what else is going on um, in the Athens sports sphere this weekend?
3: First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to Anna Glenn who wrote a fantastic story on the state trooper. Um, that's in paper this week. Please check it out. And as far as the website, this weekend, um, be on the lookout for coverage of the volleyball team tonight um they're playing friday and sunday women's basketball played last night catch up on all that uh today you can look it up they beat they beat mercer last night and then uh we got hockey yesterday and today nathan and i will be there as fans but um, we'll also have a writer there covering the hockey game tonight um then swimming and diving also is at the tennessee invitational up in knoxville so we should have some coverage from that that will be fun. You guys going to the Ice Dogs game today? They lost yesterday in Nate extra and time. I are, that was an insa- I, I was reading that gamer. I was like, this seems like an insane game. Are they pretty good? So They're they usually they good, usually though. are really good. They went to the Governor's like, Mansion last year cuz they won the SEC, SEC HC, mind you. Um, but I this year they um <laughs> this year they started yeah, off on a they start they started off on a poor note, but they've gotten a little bit better since then.
2: Nice. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have some good coverage coming that from that, uh, I think, uh, down the pipeline. Will Newland had a good story on the lifeguards for the swimming and diving team, which, interestingly, interestingly enough, the swimming and diving team does still need lifeguards. I thought that was a great quote from Jack Bowerly in there, who's just a quote machine, by the way. He oh, was yeah. a story. Oh, my goodness. Right? Maybe one of the best interviewers around, a people legend. to talk to, and he said, well, I hope we're recruiting better. <laughs> if, if we need the lifeguards to go to work, we're not recruiting right. <laughs> so, I like that. Very candid of him. Sounds cool out of a out of Coach Bowerly. We'll see if it rains tomorrow, but we've got a couple minutes left, about two and a half minutes, and so uh, a little a little rapid fire here. Um, Jed, I guess not really rapid fire. I'm, I don't really know where I was going with this. Jed, we gave you a shout-out at the beginning of the show last week because of Mama SIDS and, and the p 2 there. So my question to you to kind of close out the final minute 40 or so of debate Best slice of pizza in town? Little Italy, and it's not close. Really? It it's is. not
1: close. Okay, so here's my thing. Oh, okay. okay, I have oh, thoughts. Okay, stop so it. So I like Mama Sid's, right? It's the buffet. My problem with Mama Sid's is pizza's that- Pizza's not that good. <laughs> I like the pizza and the garlic nugget things or whatever are fantastic, but the, it's, the buffet area is small, right? So they only got like three or four pizzas at a time. So that's a problem, especially if you're hungry, like you're there, and, and especially if there's other people there. Little Italy- atmosphere a1 pizza atmosphere. fantastic <laughs> eating while, with neon light glowing on your pizza you can't beat it i went there after graduation with my family and i wouldn't want to go anywhere else they have one in auburn actually they, back, yeah right they do yeah little same Italy, same chain i don't know i don't know but little italy's up there i mean mellow mushroom mellow mushroom mellow mushroom is good it's just expensive
3: have you tried the new ones i have not yet I, uh, my, my friend works the, fully um, loaded um, back in Watkinsville, yet. but there's no, a new one in five points. we yeah, the, the, the iconic Waffle House. All right, we've got 40 yeah. seconds. What's your best slice, Henry? Um, like I said, I haven't tried the new ones. I haven't okay. tried Floy Loaded. I haven't tried um, uh, Starland, but my favorite. Well, clearly, would, we are
2: equipped to make this decision. Would
3: probably be... Um, Way to take
0: most <laughs> of the <laughs> yeah. seconds rating. I, I really don't know. I haven't tried enough. All right, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> what about yours, Nathan? Um... I'll say uh, Transmet. It's gone now. It is gone, yeah. I like Transmet.
2: I like Ted's most best. And then Ted's Johnny's most on best the east good. side is good, but same thing, expensive expensive for a slice. So biggest bang for your buck, I would agree, with Jed May, Little Italy. Papa John's on a Tuesday, though. Oh, that is good to go. Yeah, $5 carryout for, uh, for a pizza, one topping. That is the way to do it. But all right, we'll be back with all the shenanigans in two weeks from today. No show next week. We'll be gone for Thanksgiving break. But two weeks from now, December 6th, will be our last show of the semester an SEC championship preview, letting you know everything that you need to know about what's going to happen in the bands and everything else that's going on. We'll give you a Maui recap, and maybe Henry will have tried some of the pizza places by then. But we'll talk to you then in a couple of weeks. You've been listening to the Red and Black Sports Report on 90.5 FM, WUOG.
3: I've been in the same outposts of restaurants as y'all.